welcome to the Junction Church Aberdeen podcast. We're so glad you chose to listen to this life-changing message. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians 2, verse 20 is our verse for the month. And uh, we're using that verse uh, as a platform. uh, And we're preaching, what I'm doing is I'm preaching verses which are related to Galatians 2, 20. Uh, And there are... Uh, actually, I didn't count it, but I think there's about uh, 15 or 20 verses that are related, directly related, um, according to the Treasury of Scripture Knowledge. Who's heard of that book? It's a very old book, uh, and uh, I use it on my iPad. And uh, um, I remember being given the Treasury of Scripture Knowledge. Uh, it's a beautiful old book that, uh, that just ties together in the Bible, every Bible verse, and it ties together all the linked verses in the Bible to each verse. And, uh, uh, and so we're using Treasury of Scripture knowledge uh, as a, as a, as a um, resource to, to link together the verses um, of, uh, of the Bible and to preach from that and so that we can really open the Scripture. And so this morning I preached um, this verse, Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live... Uh, the life I live, which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And this morning I spoke about the life we live in the flesh, we live by faith, that our flesh life is a faith life. It's not our spiritual Sunday experience life is a faith life. It's not, it's the everyday life is a faith life. And uh, so, but tonight I want to concentrate on something that appears far earlier on in the, ver- in the verse. In Galatians 2.20 it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And in Romans chapter 6, verse 5 to 11, I want you to see this. In verse 5, Romans 6, verse 5 says this. For if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That's your old nature, not your dad. (laughs) That the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I love this word. It says, it says for you have been united together in the likeness of his death. Now that word united in, in, the, uh, in the King James Bible, it says planted together or planted in the Lord. But, but it actually has the most amazing meaning. It actually means to be born together or of joint origin to be conjoined, like conjoined twins. For you have been conjoined together with the Lord. And you know, when you see conjoined twins that they are identical, but they have not separated, and so their bodies are joined together. And you know, the Bible says, but you have been conjoined with the, in the likeness, in the likeness of his death. 
Isn't that incredible? That suddenly we begin to realize that we're not just, you can say, united. Well, many people believe they are united when they believe that they are supporting a football team. There's probably a number of people that support uh, Manchester United here. Yeah, it's not a good time. <laughs> Listen, I've been a Liverpool supporter for many years, and, and uh, I had we had our glory days too. And uh, <laughs> we're hanging on. <laughs> but you know, they, actually, I'm trying to remember which country. It's either South Korea, or um, they they reckon it's this is a, an official fact that 90% of South Korea are Manchester United fans. And uh, they, but they're not united with Manchester United. I want you to know that. They're not united with them. They think they're united, but they're not. They, they just want them to win. And they, there's, a, there's a heck of a lot of difference. You know what? There's a lot of, there's a lot of people who, who, who come to church who just want the church to, be, to do well, but that you're not united with it. They're not joined with the church. They just want it to do well. And if it doesn't, it's just a sad day. But when you're united with someone, it means that your life and their life are joined together and for blessing or for curse, for goodness or for whatever you're going through, you go through it together. When you you get married to someone, you are joined with them and and your your, um, vows are in sickness or in health. Well, you go through it together. It's all right, David's bottom, his pinging away (laughs) it's not yours is it (laughs) it's a dodgy hip (laughs) you know (laughs) I'm picking on David because I like doing that and uh, (laughs) but you know so we have been joined with him and if we are joined in the likeness of his death Certainly, the Bible says, we are also joined in the likeness of his resurrection. Now that is something that we've got to understand with our lives. Because if we've been joined with his death, then we've also been joined with his resurrection. And that means that there is something far more supernatural about the life we have in Jesus Christ than we even understand or appreciate. For many of us, we give our life to Jesus Christ, but we fail to understand the life that he has given us. So we say, Lord, come into my life. I will follow you all my days. You sing the songs, you read the Bible verses, but fail to understand the full supernatural power of the life that has been given to you in Jesus Christ. For if we have been united in his death, conjoined together in other words nothing separating joined a life that is not you're not just holding hands with Jesus you are tied together with him your life and his life is united as one if we have been united in his death how much more in his resurrection now when Jesus was resurrected he overcame all death Now, death isn't just about someone passing away. It is about the destruction of every good thing that we see in this world. 
You know, many marriages die, many friendships die, many mar- uh, relationships are destroyed in the death that exists in, human, in humanity. There are many things that cause a death. There are many things that cause a death of finances, a death of hope, a death of vision, and a death of dreams, a death of destiny. Those things that you were called to do, but the enemy came in and caused a death around your life. Something to cause it. You may have, your life may have seen suffering. It may have seen trial. It may have seen things which have caused heartache and it causes something to die, even if it's only on the inside. How many of you know what it is? I've met there have been times in my life where hopes and dreams have been shattered by the disappointments of life events and you feel it die on the inside. That's death. But... Jesus Christ isn't death. He doesn't die. He was resurrected. And I am conjoined with one who lives and dies no more. If he dies no more, then death no longer has dominion over me. The things that get killed, the things that get destroyed. If things try to cause death in my life, they have no authority or no power to do so because I am resurrected with Jesus Christ. Because I'm conjoined with life. I'm conjoined with the one who overcame death and is life. Not just the life of living and breathing in the flesh, but the supernatural life that is in Jesus Christ. For Jesus raised from the dead. He became a supernatural man. He is alive today. When he rose from the dead, he was then taken up into heaven. And he is alive for us today, saving mankind from their sin. He is alive. We know that he is alive. The evidence is in your life. It is in the life of literally billions on the earth today. There is evidence of Jesus Christ who is alive. What kind of life? What kind of man who changed the course of history? The world itself is framed. Its date and time is framed around one man, Jesus Christ, who was born, was killed, and rose again. It was his rising again upon which when he died and we gave our life to him, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, the, the life that you live dies. It says in John twelve twenty four. most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. In other words, our life is like a seed. And to have true life, you have to die to yourself. Your life has to die. You see, you can live, but if you, if you live on your own, you live in death. You don't live in life, you live in death. You live in the world of death. You know, if you look around the world, and you look around people doing their best, giving their best, wanting to have a better life. Humanity is a pretty sick creature. Hello? Hello? Now, let's be honest here. We, we are the most unreliable, inconsistent creatures upon the earth. But people are out there who don't know life. 
Now, I've noticed this about mankind, that mankind just wants something better. Everybody wants something better. Be a good person or a bad person, they just want it better. Whatever drives them, whatever motivates them, they're really just driven by the fact they just want life a little bit better. How many of you know what I'm talking about here? Even we sitting in here, you might be sitting here, you might have been born again for, for 30 years, 40 years, but you still want life a little bit better. But in the world, people are searching for something a little bit. If I can just get it a little bit better, I'll just be a little bit happier. But in their life, what they have is death. Because in the process of life, regardless of how much they manage to add, in the end, it always dies. But there is a life in Jesus Christ. When you, are, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are joined with Him, and your old nature dies, and you are raised with a new life in Jesus Christ, conjoined to His resurrection. And His resurrection wasn't just living again that He might die some other time. Let's go back to that in verse Romans 5, knowing that Christ, having raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. Now we've been united in the likeness of his resurrection. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. So we have a choice. Now the difference is, the Bible says we are raised in the likeness. We are joined in the likeness of Christ. But there is a difference between us and Christ. Alright? The difference being is that we have a sin nature and He doesn't. So we can live in our old nature, which is death, or we can live in our new nature, which is life. And we can choose which life to live in. Many people want to understand. You may even confuse yourself. I, I, I gave my life to Jesus. I thought I would be alright. Well, what happened? Why did I make those mistakes? How come, that, how come that, that sin became a part of my life? How come these events unfolded around me? Well, because we make a choice. We make a choice about the life that we live, whether we choose to live in the death that we were saved from or the life that Jesus Christ has got for us. There is a resurrection life, a life supernatural. Jesus said in John 6.35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me, now listen what he said, shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Now I'm amazed because I see every day unsatisfied, disillusioned, disappointed believers every day. Hungry and thirsty believers. But Jesus said, you'll never be hungry and you'll never thirst. It's funny, isn't it? How do do the two fit together? I tell you why. If God is not a liar and cannot lie, then something's wrong. (laughs) Either God's wrong or we're wrong, right? You want to live a life that is satisfied in God. You learn to live your life in His life and not in your death. You come back to the fact, Jesus, you are alive. I am conjoined with your life. 
I don't have to live in my death because my death is an old nature that I don't have to be a part of. I am conjoined to the life of Jesus Christ. It says this in Job 19.25, For I know my Redeemer lives. There's a song going off in people's heads right now. (laughs) I'll sing it to you. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and He shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. You see, this is a choice that we have for life. We either live in death or we live in life. Now, I believe that God has supernatural healing power to remove sickness from your body. I believe that His Word is sufficient to restore every brokenness that you have ever experienced. There are people in this room that have known the power of God, who have seen restoration. When the enemy came in to destroy them, Jesus Christ came in and restored them. When the enemy came in to take their life, Jesus Christ came in and gave them a life better than they had before. Because the life that Jesus Christ was resurrected into was far greater than the life he had before he died. When Jesus was alive, walking with his disciples, he was alive in the perfection of who he was. You couldn't have got a more perfect person, right? If you can't get a more perfect person, then how can you get a better life? But Jesus, in dying, destroyed sin destroyed sickness, destroyed brokenness, destroyed death, and he came alive with a more supernatural, more supreme, more powerful, all authority was placed upon him to destroy works of darkness. He holds the key of death and hell. He has crushed the work of the enemy underneath his feet. He is supreme over all things, and you are conjoined in that life. What an amazing miracle for your life. But we have to make a choice because we get addicted and we get so comfortable with choosing death and choosing to believe that we cannot walk in resurrection and we cannot walk in supernatural power. The Bible says this, that the Spirit of God has been poured out on all flesh. Now I know God has been speaking that verse to me. I was sharing this with Ruth a couple of Sundays ago. Let me tell you something that's going to happen. Miracles are beginning to break out. Healings are beginning to take place. People's lives are going to be restored in a supernatural way. I'm telling you something. The church has suffered too long with a weak gospel who have sought for miracles and not found them because they didn't seek them in the place of resurrection but rather in the place of death. In their place of death they cried out, Lord, give me life. Give me life but give it to me in my death. I'm living in my death zone 
but I want you to come and give me a miracle in my death zone. <laughs> it's like something from Halo. And uh, <laughs> computer game for those of you uneducated. And uh, you get a death zone, you get a life zone. Your death zone, people cry out for miracle. God, help me in my death zone. God, God said, yeah, I deal help you, I'll kill you. That's the kind of help you need. You need to die and you need to get out of that place because I destroyed death. You don't even have to. What are you doing living there? If the Spirit of God has been poured out on all flesh, you know what that means? That means there is supernatural life for you today. Spirit of God. Spirit doesn't dish out sickness. It doesn't dish out death. It doesn't dish out suffering. It doesn't dish out brokenness. You say, well, what, what did I go through all that for? Well, you went through it because the enemy had a plan for your life. The Bible says that God will use all things for his glory. Why? Because he's life. And he can take something which is death and take something which you've gone through death and he can, can join you to his righteousness and his life and turn it to life. So the enemy can't win in any battle for your life, whether you have sickness or whether you have health. Are you with me here? But you were created to live in supernatural life of his resurrection. When he rose up from, you know, rose, he rose, he rose up. Now get the posh version. When my R's become W's, he rose. When he rose up, he rose up with every answer for humanity that the power that is in Jesus Christ I no longer lives but Christ lives in me well Christ lives supreme in the heavenlies ruling and reigning over all things he sits at the right hand of the father Satan is sitting like a dog turd under his feet He has crushed him and destroyed him. He has broken sickness. He has broken death. I live, no longer live, but Christ who reigns lives in me. What kind of living in me is he living? Why would I go back to death when Christ lives in me? Why would I return to the place of brokenness and unbelief? Why would I ever go to the place of disappointment and the place of offence? Why would I ever take my, that death for which he died once, no longer needing to die again? Why would I ever go back there when I can live in a life conjoined with his life in his righteousness, ruling and reigning in him? We have been given a choice. The life is made manifest. Life that you want is made manifest in sacrifice. The sacrifice of your own thoughts and intentions. This is the paradox. If I want to live, I have to sacrifice that which is of my flesh nature, that I may be conjoined in the righteousness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If I want to die, I just carry on living. Just carry on being me. Just don't give it up. Just carry on with the same attitude, same opinions, same thoughts, same wants, same desires. 
Same old, same old. Just keep doing that. And there's your death sentence right there. But we have something more powerful than Christ. We have been conjoined in the likeness. Let me read this verse to you once more. For if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin may be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. And as I finish with you tonight, I want you to understand there is a life that we have in Jesus Christ. And that life is the life that we live to God. And there is the key to living a resurrected life, is living it to God. When you get up tomorrow morning, pray this prayer. Lord, I live for you today. I give it to you today. I'm not, I'm not considering anything else. I'm not, I'm not evaluating how I'm going to react to my boss who's nasty. I'm not going to have that argument in my head with that person that annoying me. I'm not going to go down that road of all of those problems. I'm not, I'm not going there. Lord, I live for you today. I don't know how I deal with the struggles. I don't know how, what words I have in my, in my mouth, but I live for you today, knowing that in you I am conjoined to life. And that life is supernatural. I want to tell you something. We're going to bust sickness. Do you know something that irritates me? Healing evangelists. You know Why? Because you hardly see anybody get healed and you hardly see anybody get saved. Healing evangelists are wonderful people. And the miracles they see, do you think it's enough? You get a service and about three people get up and say they were healed. Or one person says, oh, I was miraculously healed. You think that's enough? I want to tell you how much it irritates me. It irritates me that people walk away sick when they came looking for, for health and life. It irritates me that people who came looking for God didn't find Him at a moment when they should have done. It irritates me that people come looking when there is a gospel so powerful. There is nothing wrong with our word. Nothing wrong with the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing wrong with believing in Him. I want to tell you something. There is more in God if you live your life for Him. There is more in God when a church stands together and says, I'm living for Him. I'm not living for myself. There is more in God when a church begins to pray and say, God, we want your spirit more. We give ourselves to you today. We lay down everything that we are, our selfish desire, our selfish ways, uh, the singleness of mind, and we depend ourselves on you wholly today. And no more shall we live in the selfishness of our own uh, death nature, but we give ourselves to the fullness of who you are. Father, I thank you that you sent your son. I give my life to you right now. 
That is the life that causes something far more powerful. I want to tell you, there is a God who loves you so much. And there is a healing power so supernatural that you can reach out and touch Him. And you can be touched by His healing supernatural power. You know something? I was talking to a woman who has seen her body healed. And she doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. She believed for healing, but she doesn't believe in Jesus. That irritated me too. Do you know why it irritated me? Because I knew it was Jesus who healed her. Because the Bible says, demons cannot heal the sick. It says in the Gospel, and they said of Jesus, can demons open blind eyes? No was the answer. Demons can't heal. The devil cannot restore. When people are restored, regardless of who they're believing in, it was Jesus that healed them. They just don't know it was Jesus because when he died upon the cross, he died that man might know healing and restoration. And his healing power is a grace so supreme. I have seen... I've told you the story many times, some of the, for those of you who haven't been told the story, <laughs> of the young lad I prayed for with an open wound on his face. He had been attacked and he had a knife wound and his, wound, his face was gashed open with a, with a blade and he wouldn't go to the hospital because he had too much police problems anyway and he didn't want to have to explain why he had a knife attack on his face or the fact of what he had been doing prior to that moment. <laughs> And so I said to him, look, mate, your face is in a lot of trouble here. And we had nurses with us and we were trying to sort of sort him out and put bandages up and stuff on his face. And he was a bit of a mess. And I said, look, either you go to the hospital or God heals you. Before I knew where I was, he's going, yeah, well, God can heal me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we took, him, we took him outside of the kerfuffle. There was loads of kids and they were all out for a war and... They wanted to kill whoever these people were. And we took him out away from all of that and we started to pray. And as we began to pray, first he said, I, I, don't, I don't feel anything. His face was, he was a big lad. He was about six foot four, six foot five. He was built like a tank and he liked to fight. And, and I'm, I'm getting a bit, you know, I'm just praying. And then I just faith starts to urge and I take my, take my knuckles and I wrap it across his nose does that hurt? and he goes no really? I take the bandage away and all that's left is a pink scar completely healed an open wound restored to a, a beautiful scar and he came back and he told everyone they've got to give their lives to God but I don't think he ever actually got born again Now that kick-started an amazing move where we had a number of kids coming for discipleship. But Jesus healed him before he ever knew who Jesus was. He didn't know who Jesus was. He didn't know whether what God healing. He just, you see, the Spirit of God has been poured out on all flesh. It's His miracle grace to touch, heal and restore whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you've done. He just wants to heal and touch you. There's no condition upon the blessing of God to touch your life. But I want to tell you, if you want to live in that life, not just be healed in it, 
If you want to live in it, you give your life to Jesus Christ and you live it to God. For more information about the church, visit us online at www.thejunctionchurch.com or come along and see for yourself in one of our services.